Hi, welcome to Adult Head Punting Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Annalise. And I'm Kimmy. We're a podcast for college students, recent graduates, or anyone else who's also figuring out that being an adult isn't as simple as it's made out to be. Join us each episode as we share how we're navigating our careers, postgrad lives, and the whole adulting experience. guest today, Aaron Zhang, who is a competitive Pokemon VGC player, content creator, and commentator. He's been playing competitively since 2008 and has won five regional championships, two national championships, and placed third at the 2013 World Championships. He also began commentating in 2016 and commentated Worlds in 2016, 2018, and 2019. Currently, he's working full-time as a business analyst at a gaming esports-focused investment firm and will be getting his MBA soon from Stanford University. So welcome, Aaron. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for joining us. So I guess some quick background about how we know you. We, you also went to Karma McKenna mm-hmm. um, for three years with the 3-2 program that CMC has. And so that's where I met you. Um, and I guess that's where you met Brittany, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think how we actually met and i think it was just through a mutual friend it must have been through blaze like I can yeah, guess. yeah like, <laughs> honestly that was it i think that was literally it yeah so yeah i thought you know you have a very interesting story and i don't know anyone else who's like who's in i guess the gaming industry like you mm-hmm. so definitely wanted to bring you on and have you talk about that yeah for sure cool so we usually start off each episode as like a fun icebreaker, fun question with a question that's related to the topic. So the fun question for this episode, seeing as to how you are a professional Pokemon player, is what is your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> and this is for all of us to answer. Or maybe you guys should go first. Are you going to judge us by what we pick? No, yeah, no, not I at feel all. Very not, not in, literally not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Okay, because mine doesn't have even like a real merit to it. Like, my favorite is Pikachu. No, oh, I was going to say Pikachu. <laughs> no. It's everyone's favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's everyone's. I feel like just because, but mostly because when I was young, my family calls me by my middle name, which is Mika. So my oh. family would call me Mikachu just for fun. But Wait, it's, that's actually really cute. <laughs> that is but cute. that's not even like a real reason to love that character. <laughs> that's like the only Pokemon I could regularly think of the name for. But yeah, that's my favorite. Kimmy, why do you wow. like Pikachu? Do I, they call you Kimichu? No. <laughs> my association doesn't go that far back. Um, I feel like growing up, I mean, my history with Pokemon is very limited. But like a, a lot of other kids, I like collected cards when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I had all of like the Pikachu. I don't even remember what it's called. Like the evolution. And I had them all set up. And then today, um, my boyfriend's, like, pretty nerdy, so he's also into Pokemon. (laughs) And we went through his stuff a few years ago, and it's, like, stuff from, like, high school and childhood, and we were just, like, unpacking boxes and boxes. And there was two shirts that no longer fit him, but fit me because I'm small. (laughs) And they're both, like, Pokemon ones, and one has a Pikachu on it, and one has, like, a Pikachu and the other three main characters. So she's like, I can't do all the three main characters. Doesn't <laughs> even name them. She's just the no, I can't three. name them. Like um, Bulbasaur. Oh, okay, okay. I got oh, it. I thought you were talking about like Ash. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, that, Pikachu is like in like the right corner of that shirt. So it's like, 
That's why I'm picturing Pikachu's Pikachu being like this. That's big why you're the corner. No, it's <laughs> pretty big. <laughs> it's like a three by three square inches. Anyways. Mine is Pikachu, and no, I'm kidding. Mine is <laughs> <laughs> Mine is okay, mine is purely because I think they look beautiful, but nine tails. Oh, that's a really good one. Just just purely for aesthetics purposes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Mine is uh is Piplup, but it's also just because he's like so cute. It's like a little penguin, and I would, like oh, feel oh. like it'd be. Yeah, it's just so adorable. Like and like in Japanese, he says like pocha. He like gets angry all the time, and he just like goes up to people and like pokes them with his peak, and it's really cute. <laughs> so that's my answer. So that's like a legit good answer. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. No, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like you have your favorites for any reason. It doesn't have to be a good reason or a bad reason. It's just a reason. <laughs> Aaron's like, this conversation just killed me a little bit. Inside. No, 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 he didn't. I, I swear, I swear. Like, the fact you guys even know any is good enough. I, I like, honestly. <laughs> so we've already learned a bit about you and all of your accolades and your history of knowing both Annalise and Britt. Um, but we'd love for you to share where are you currently in your adulthood um, and what are you up to? Annalise mentioned that you're an analyst at a gaming company, but if you could just elaborate a bit more. Yeah. Um, so I ended up graduating two, you guys said a year and a half ago and uh, worked from home for the first little bit just because of COVID and spending time with family and then moved out to LA in February. Um, and as Annalise mentioned, yeah, I work as like a business analyst at a gaming slash esports kind of investment firm. So they like specifically invest in gaming and esports companies. Uh, the main investment they've made is in this big pro gaming team called Team Liquid. Uh, and they're involved in just all these really major esports like League of Legends and Counter Strike and Dota. Oh, uh, and so yeah, they're they're like a really big deal, and it's actually really wild because I actually like met the CEOs back when I was in high school because I was like, oh, no you way. guys should sign me as a Pokemon player, and they're like, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll sign you as our employee. Yeah, in high school. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no they, it was actually really cool because like um, I, I I make a joke about that, but like at the time, like you know, I, it was cool that they were even like I literally just like randomly reached out to them on Twitter and like they like they were willing wow. to jump on a call with me and they were like actually really willing to like learn about the scene and everything. And I was like, that's so cool. That's like awesome. the fact they're this open minded was awesome. And like there's two CEOs for the team and they're both like just really incredible people. So. Yeah, we work very closely alongside with uh, the team, just helping them with like operations and strategy and management. So like all our employees are pretty heavily involved in helping them out. Um, and then, yeah, since I've joined, I like uh, have done a mix of work for them as well as just like investing or looking at new investment opportunities just with like across the gaming ecosystem. Um, so it's definitely a really unique job. And I was like, didn't think I'd ever be able to work in like the games industry at all coming out of college because it's so like... I wouldn't say niche, but it's a lot less like standardized than a lot of other industries. So I was just going to like go work in consulting for a few years uh, and then like eventually, you know, try to get into gaming. But luckily enough, like this firm had a had a spot for me and like um, I was mm. actually interned with them while I was at Claremont. And crazily enough, like oh. I was their first ever intern. And the reason I got to intern there was because um, one of my coworkers, Lizzie, she's like the director of communications and she actually is a CMC alumni as well. Uh, oh, and so like really? I always speak so like fondly of CMC because I was like I literally would not have like been able to even find out about this opportunity if I weren't a student there and that's just like such a unique like circumstance right mm-hmm. um so yeah it was really cool and then the original CEO of the firm Bruce he retired but he actually was like a Pomona Pitzer alum as well so it's just cool to oh, see no like way. the 5C network wow. like so so deep oh wow so oh. was this something that you wanted to like was working in the gaming industry something that you wanted to do from the beginning afterwards after college yeah I feel like um 
like even just growing up, I always like thought it was super cool, but I didn't know like what I could do in it. I was like, well, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm definitely like not on the technical side. So I, you know, can't do like engineering stuff. I'm definitely not like an artist. So I can't do like the art design. So I was never like game design itself wasn't uh, like what I had in my mind, but in general it was like anything game related is cool. And so like naturally studying like econ math, I was like, oh, like, you know, whether it be like strategy roles or kind of just like financy roles, like those naturally made the most sense. But Mm. truthfully there's just so few of these positions and i like applied to a bunch of gaming internships at like the big publishers when i was in college and just like got rejected from all of them so i was like okay yeah this is like this is hard like and so i i was like pretty dejected from it and so i was really lucky to like be able to intern at uh, my firm axiomatic uh when i was uh, a junior at claremont um and just like stayed close with the firm but you know i had no idea whether or not they could even give me a job right so i was like mm-hmm. it'd be really cool to work for them but like fully I was not expecting to actually be able to get there um so I had my mindset on it but I I also knew like realistically it'd be pretty difficult uh and it just Mm -hmm. like the circumstances were right for this like one specific scenario but yeah like I said I I, um I worked at like the strategy consulting firm focusing on like media and tech like uh my last during my junior year internship uh that summer and I was like ready to go work for them because like I really liked the work they did there and it was like really really great people great like career development um, but then this gaming opportunity like opened up and I was like, I'd have like, I, I just got, can't say no to it. Right. Cause it's like the dream. <laughs> so it was really hard to say no to the other job, but in the end I ended up here. Oh, that's so cool. That's great. It's like awesome that you really love your job and are passionate about it. Was there ever yeah. a point or at what point did you end up telling the CEOs or co-founders that you like talked to them years prior to actually landing the job? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's actually funny because uh, when I was uh, interning there, yeah, I was like, there's no way they remember me, Um, but they they actually did, which I thought was so cool. And I was like, I I think mainly just because it was such a unique, like, thing, right? Like, when I talked to them, like, I was still in high school and, like, it was for Mm. a game that, like, they had never really thought about before. And so it was just, like, it lasted, like, a a good impression for them, uh, I guess. And, like... It was really, really nice. Like I, I was like, you know, in, in this space, or just in general, like it's so easy to forget people, but the fact that they both actually remember me and like they both like reached out and were like, hey, we're super happy that you're like interning for the company. And I was like, oh my God, like that's like so unexpected. <laughs> but yeah, it was like out of the blue. Um, mm-hmm. And so pretty early on, like as soon as I started working for them, basically. Oh, wow. You know what you remind me of? You know that Friends episode where they're talking about like jobs and then they're all saying how, how much they love their job and Ross goes, I can't get enough of dinosaurs. I'm literally <laughs> picturing you as that, but like, I can't get enough of gaming and Pokemon. <laughs> For sure. But like, like, that is really awesome though, that like you found something that you're really passionate about and to be able to apply that and like to work in that industry as well is I think really amazing. Yeah, it also sure. is interesting how like, I guess from what Annalise said, it sounds like you have a very good foothold in the gaming <laughs> world but like it sounds like you were very you expressed how difficult it still was to get the job you had now mm-hmm. like it didn't seem like you got this position from um like your gaming connections but mm-hmm. it, even though it sounds like you have like a lot of merit in that field mm-hmm. does that like did that not help you at all or is that like common mm-hmm. for you to be in like this diff like different Field, I guess it's, I don't know what game, I'm unfamiliar with the company that game is, or that company that, that you're currently working on, like, what they're involved in, but, like, did they not, your previous experience in, like, Pokemon and, like, commentating not really give you that much foothold in how you got your position now? Mm, yeah, um, 
I think it definitely helps. At least, like, my, my firm, I, at least, I think, like, they were... Mm. Part of why I was I'd be able to even, like, intern with them because it, it just all matched up where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really interested in gaming. Here's my background. I'm also interested mm. in, like, the business side of things. Here's my background. And they're like, oh, perfect. Oh, okay. So mm. for that internship specifically, I was super lucky. But... And I think generally the experience, you know, is still valuable even when I was applying to these, like, other gaming roles. But truthfully, it was just, like, I didn't really know how to, like, interview for, for some of those positions. And also it was just, like, maybe not a super good fit. Like, there was one interview that I just like completely bombed and like the guy I talked to was like really really smart uh and I just like completely choked it and botched it <laughs> I was like oh no so that is like valuable though right like mm-hmm. we all know how like difficult recruiting for anything can be and it's like the mm-hmm. same in gaming but it may be even a little bit tougher because it's like not standardized at all especially like as a college oh. student right whereas it's like with the, a lot of under- industries mm-hmm. you at least like have some sense of when you need to apply for things and you know how like the processes go but for like the gaming stuff I applied to it was like the wild wild west like each company was different from the other and then like mm-hmm. okay. truthfully some were like a little bit unprofessional as well like I had some like bad experiences uh that mm-hmm. I was like I feel like this would not happen in like some of the other industries I'd be interested in but you know that's mm-hmm. just at the end of the day it's just you know how things are um so I feel like you know, and if anything, I, I, I appreciate that. Like, I feel like my background helps, but at the same time, I shouldn't get any position solely because of it, right? You ideally, still should be good enough, like, can answer all the questions that they want you to answer and, like, be a good fit with the company and whatnot. Um, so I, I didn't, like, take it personally when I got, like, rejected from, I don't know, whatever internships there, there were in college. But that, that was, like, a very, I guess, like, humbling process because it's like, yeah, it's not that easy no matter, you know, how good your background or your resume is. At the end of the day, it's just about your ability mm-hmm. to... Yeah, answer the questions well and be a good fit for the role that you're applying for, and which which is how it should be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just backpedaling a bit, um, I know Annalise said that you started gaming in uh, 2008. Would you mind like sharing a little bit more about that, like how you first started getting into Pokemon? Was it with like the trading cards, or was it straight <laughs> <laughs> in the game? <laughs> I, I think it was the cards when I was younger, you know, I'd always like ask my parents to buy packs at like the grocery store, or, like Toys R Us, and they'd always buy me like one. And <laughs> I, I like my parents weren't like super big on like me playing games. Uh, and like, I think part of it, what, what I was able to convince them was because all my friends like got like Game Boys and Game Boy Advances in like the early 2000s. And I was like, they all have one, like, can I get one as well? Uh, and so I naturally like th- they eventually said yes. And like, uh, I think my first game was in like 2004, 2005 or so. So I started playing a few years earlier. Um, and it was actually just, I think like one of my first video games overall, not just like, mm-hmm. yeah, not just like Pokemon mm-hmm. specifically, but it was just my entry into video games. And a lot of my friends were really into it as well at the time. So we would like spend the summers just like going through the games and like, you know, battling and collecting stuff. And I think that was like a really cool, like the social experience of that was sweet. Um, and then, yeah, like, when I was in fifth grade, I found out there were, like, tournaments for these things, like, convinced my parents to take me to one, and, so, like, it really just oh. started from there. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful because they were, like, super willing about all of it. Like, I feel like I, it's especially with, like, Asian parents, like, you know, it can be tough <laughs> yeah. sometimes. And I, I think, like, they definitely were not, like, very stereotypical, like, Asian parents, and, like, they had, mm-hmm. like, a very different approach to parenting, and, like, they saw that, like, I was, like, really into this one thing, and, like, um, I think the reason they were really, like, approving of it was because I used to be really hyper as a kid and then they saw me at my first like (laughs) tournament and I literally was like stone cold like serious like didn't didn't like yeah it just like was just in my seat like concentrating for like an hour and they were like what like this is like crazy it's magic (laughs) so they saw that and they were like uh yeah maybe maybe this is something that can be good um and they were really supportive of it from the start which I'm like super super grateful for as well but yeah it's like long story short like it was 
I, I got into it because all my friends had Game Boys. They were all playing the same games as well. So I was like, oh, I just want to, you know, do whatever everyone else is doing. And then that's kind of how it all got started. So your name also is Cybertron, and it's like Cybertron VGC mm -hmm. officially. So what is the story behind that name? And also, what does VGC stand for? <laughs> uh, the, the second, but that stands for Video Game Championships. So it's just like the, oh. the, the circuit or like the official tournament circuit. Um, and it's like the format that you compete in. So uh, even within oh. Pokemon, there's like ten, like hundreds of different ways you can play it, right? Whether it be mm -hmm. casually or competitively, even competitively, it's like there's like fan-made rule sets, but that that acronym refers to like the official rule set that you play in the actual tournaments in person with. Um, Is that specific to Pokemon or for like for any? It's just for Pokemon, game? yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and for my for the username, I I made it when I was ten years old, and I just of watched the the, uh, the the Transformers movie, and I was like, oh, oh my god, he, this is such a cool movie. <laughs> um, and I, I think like Megatron was like one of the main characters, and that was taken, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just take the next thing, and I literally just stuck with it ever since. <laughs> I love that. It, it always is like the username you come up with as a kid. Yeah, like your AOL sticks. username, yeah, or, yeah like aim or whatever it was. <laughs> So um, going off like you, how you got started, how did you get started in this gaming or like streaming industry? And then what made you decide that this is something that you really wanted to seriously pursue? Yeah, I think um, so I, I started playing in tournaments really early, like in 2008. And like it was I actually used to play the card game and the video game. Um, so I, I like I like playing the card game a lot, too. But then at one point, I just decided to switch over to the video game. Uh, and then so in 2014, I started making YouTube videos literally just for fun because I was like YouTube had such a big like impact on me growing up, like mm -hmm. especially because there were like so few like prevalent just like Asian figures in mm -hmm. media in general and like YouTube, you know, like so many of the original YouTubers were like yeah, Asian and Asian American, which I thought was like so, so mm -hmm. cool. Um, you know, guys like Kev Jumba and Niga Higa, for example, uh, and Wong Fu Productions. And so I was always like, you know, YouTube has been like so meaningful. I like I've consumed so much content on it. So I might as well like try to teach people how to play the game. So like bought a capture card, which is like yeah, something you use to like display your gameplay um, and just started making videos for fun. And this was like junior year of high school, which was a bad time to get into it because um, this is when everyone's focused on like taking the SATs yeah. and applying for college. And I was like, ah, I'm going to make YouTube videos. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and my grades definitely did suffer for a bit. I'm not gonna lie. So, um, but it was fine. Like I, and it ended up getting like a like more traction than I expected. Like I didn't even think I'd get oh. like ten views. But uh, I think it was just at the time there were not many people like creating like competitive content, teaching people how to play the game. So there's mm -hmm. kind of a niche, and that's always like what I recommend when people are like, oh, I want to be like a creator or like a streamer or you're a YouTuber. Um, like my number one piece of advice is always like find your niche, find what works for you, and like do something that no one else can offer right or, or do it better than everyone else uh, and so at the time like i wasn't even thinking about that but naturally like no one was just like making the kind of videos that i started making so there was good traction from that and so i stuck with that throughout all of like high school and then college as well um and then in terms of working like this was always just kind of like a hobby that i had on the side like you know making videos and then like uh, pokemon hired me as like a commentator in 2016 so that was cool just like kind of like freelance work every now and then mm. and, and then for like yeah full-time stuff like throughout college like freshman sophomore year there were like all kinds of things i was like looking into and i was always like gaming would be really cool but but i just don't think i can actually like make it into like find a gaming internship you know so i was just doing like a lot of traditional kind of like more businessy stuff um and then that uh, opportunity with my firm opened up my junior year at claremont which is when i really like started working in the industry as like a more, more so on like the business side than like the gaming side um mm -hmm. or from the player side but i think it's nice because like my experience is like 
doing all of this stuff as a creator, like I think generally helps me a lot in like looking at everything that I do at work as well, which is really nice. And I think so much about uh, gaming right now and like uh, where a lot of like companies uh, or startups in the space are, are like, you know, they, the term creator economy and it's like creating companies that allow people to maximize uh you know, just their value as a creator, whether it be maximizing their revenue or, or uh, just like their audience. Uh, and so it's cool because like as someone who has, you know, or has been a creator, like just from doing this YouTube stuff, like it helps me like look at those different companies with like a different lens, which I find valuable. For sure. On that note, you've spoken a lot about being a creator and you're also a player. So do you feel like the way you identify is like evenly balanced or would you say you feel more like a creator than a um, competitor? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I feel like there's like no specific answer as in like, it depends on like the time. Right. So it's like mm. when I was first making, uh, videos, I was definitely more like competitive focused in the sense that like, it was, um, like I was still really focused on like performing well at events and like, it was just kind of, uh, creating content was like something on the side. Um, mm. but for the last like two or three or even the last four years, like I, I just like transitioned out of like competing super seriously, mainly because like, I wasn't as invested in the game, like just wasn't as into it as I used to be. And then also like was, you know, just busy with school, trying to figure out like what I wanted to do after graduating and stuff like that. Um, so it really like depends on like my competitive drive and like the feeling at the moment. And for example, like, you know, um, pre-COVID, there was like a new game that came out, Sword and Shield. I was like super excited to start competing in it again. And like my friends were like doing super well at events and I was like super excited to like, you know, like work with them and compete at all these tournaments but then COVID shut everything down and I was like well okay like there's nothing to really play in that's like super serious and like because I had played for so long and like like the only thing I really want to do at this point is like win a world championship like that's like the thing mm. one thing like I haven't accomplished and that's like really hard to do right only one person can win every year and it's like so many people work so hard towards that goal and it's like something that I still want to work towards eventually but realistically you know for a lot of other players you have different goals whether it be even just doing well at like a regional level event or even qualifying for the world championships but for me it's like after playing for so long I had only like one thing left on the list of things like I really mm. wanted to accomplish and that thing is like the hardest thing to accomplish in the game so at some point I was like well realistically I have to be real with myself like how how likely am I going to win if the answer is not very likely then at, you know at, at some point I was like well I'll just shift my efforts into like focusing more on like making content and growing mm. my brand there rather than just like competing super seriously um and so that was yeah I kind of like switched around like 2016 2017 and that's also when you know like we were all in school and so that's like it, the, the timing worked out I guess because it was like a, nice for me to like spend more time at college um even though I think in 2017 I like flew a bunch to all these different events because that that year I like came back to start playing a little bit more um but yeah it's it kind of like goes on and off every year so it really depends speaking of competitions and you know just goals and being competitive and whatnot i heard your brother is also a pokemon player or are you guys competitive and how, <laughs> do you think he was like was he do you guys like play a lot together growing up or anything like do you guys kind of compare when you guys play you know it's really funny like i got him into it because back then there were so few kids like there, it, the way competitions work it's like split into different age groups like 10 and under 11 mm. through 14 15 and over and there was like so few people playing in the 10 and under group and i was like dude like this was when he was like six but i was like like literally just follow my instructions like click these buttons and you will win free money that, that's basically it <laughs> so yeah that's how it, that's how it started um you know I, i'm like actually super grateful for it because he's five years younger so like growing up like it's kind of hard mm -hmm. you know to to relate especially when you have that gap where it's like he was in first grade i'm in fifth grade right like mm -hmm. now it's a little bit easier because we're you know like he's in college now and i just graduated but back then it was like there's not much you can really do uh together yeah. like 
really resonates well with both. But like he got into it pretty quickly and like yeah, he actually won the world championships in 2013 in his age group. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, yeah which was crazy. Group, oh. <laughs> um, and that was the year I did like I, I got third in my group, which was like 15 and over. Oh. He won in like the 10 and under group. So. Yeah, it's funny, like, we don't actually play against each other very much at all, but, like, we still talk about it uh, a lot and, like, you know, have a lot of mutual friends in the space as well, and he, like, follows it still, but he, he's at college now, and, like, yeah, I think he's mm -hmm. just kind of transitioned out of competing um, for a while, but he's he's been really good, like, he's definitely been better than me the last couple of years, and it was really cool because he, like, finally aged up to my age division, um, oh, <laughs> and actually one of the most memorable moments was in 2018, that was his first year, uh, in, in the, you know, 15 and up age group and he had qualified for the world championships and he was playing a match to decide whether or not he would make it to like the top 16, like final bracket. Um, and I actually got, got to commentate that game and he ended up oh, winning no to way. like move on in the tournament. So oh, it was like, God, so it was so crazy. Um, and yeah, that, that was just super memorable. Cause it was also like just one of the best games I think I've ever seen him play in his life. So it was like wow. for him to like pick that as the game to play like out of his mind like i was like very happy about oh. <laughs> is this video on youtube can i find it um it's definitely somewhere on twitch i can i can find it and send it to you please do i actually don't want to watch it <laughs> i think i might cry a little oh my goodness i, I was close to honestly i was very emotional oh. wow do your parents also like watch or did they watch them or like how involved are they in your your like competition and playing they were really supportive and like my dad would drive me to all these events and actually like oh, yeah. I feel so bad because as a kid I was I would always wait until the last second to ask my dad I literally asked him like <laughs> the night before I'd be like dad like can you take me to this thing he'd, he'd actually almost always say yes and it was just so nice of him mm. my mom would accompany us like and chaperone us as well um they, they had no idea like what was going on in the games but they would just go and like you know my mom would like bring a book and just read on the side and so like <laughs> they were so so supportive which is shocking honestly and I, but I think it was a mix of them realizing it was like, good for us. And then like, we also did really well, luckily when we were starting out. So like, mm. it was like my first competition. I was like, oh, I just like won a free trip to like Orlando for a week. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> so we like, yeah, went to like uh, the Disney World area. That's where the competition was. And you know, they oh. were like, oh, that's really cool. Um, so the nice thing is we like, me and my brother won a bunch of these trips to go to like, you know, different competitions like San Diego and Hawaii and whatnot. And so our parents got to come along as like chaperones for free, uh, oh. which was really, really nice. And so I'm sure they weren't complaining wow. either. Sponsored your family vacations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, literally. And we never went on vacations when I was a kid, really, just because, like, you know, um, they worked really hard and, like, saved up uh, mm -hmm. a lot, especially for, like, educational stuff. And so to be able to even, like, treat them to, like, a vacation at all, I think mm -hmm. was really, really nice. And I'm glad that they, yeah, were able to come along as well. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned that as a kid, you were balancing, well, not kid, but in college, you were balancing school and then also gaming, and now you're also balancing your professional life and being a content creator and gamer. So what does that look like exactly? I would imagine that it's very like overwhelming, but how do you balance everything? Yeah, I feel like it's always just like being good at scheduling stuff. Um, like, like what I do is I have like a planner, like I actually have a physical planner cause I really like to just like write things and like, it, it helps me like keep track of things. Uh, mm -hmm. I know that's like a very college thing, but like, it's something <laughs> that like I did a lot in college and honestly like found really valuable. Um, and so just like, I, I, you know, have, I look at it every day and like have like big dates highlighted, whether it be work related or, or Pokemon related, for example, just like keep that in the back of my mind to make sure that I know like, Hey, I have like this big deadline coming up for work, or I have this like, uh, yeah, important video that I need to make for this certain day. Um, so I feel like that that helps. And like, for example, when I was in college, a lot about like competing was about like figuring out when you had spare time, right? And so it's like, oh, if I know it's like 
the week of midterms or finals like I just am not going to spend any time doing any like video game related stuff because like mm -hmm. it just is not practical so then it's like going really hard and like studying a lot for that week and then afterwards like once you know right after exams when you have like a couple of weeks where you have more time um, then that's when I would like spend more on you know making videos or uh, practicing for competitions or whatnot um, and sometimes it's about making sacrifices right you're not going to be able to balance both all the time and it's like I probably mm -hmm. could have like not played at all and my grades would have been higher or I could have only focused on playing and done better at competitions. But at the end of the day, you just have to find like whatever balance works for you. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and I think this, the same holds true for work where it's like, obviously work comes first always uh, relative to like whatever I do on YouTube. But you know, whenever I have spare time, uh, I'll try to make a video and like, I, I'm not very diligent at this, but like I try to like record a bunch of videos in one day just so I can mm -hmm. like have it yeah, done for mm -hmm. the rest of the week. And so like allocating like a few hours during the weekends when I don't have anything planned is typically good for that. Um, but it is interesting because I try to do it on like a daily basis. And so sometimes it's like mm. if I miss it uh, by a day, like it, it, it's not a big deal. But like to me, it's because it's been a habit for literally like a year and a half at this point. It's like very odd to like not get it done. Um, so then it's just like a, it's like a weird feeling. Um, but if anything, I like like having scheduling like just having some structure to my schedule because I think uh mm. especially like when I was like senior year in school and like COVID hit I just like had nothing to do with my time and I feel like I wasn't being very productive at all and like I'm just bad at like taking the initiative to do anything and so it's good like to like have set hours for work and then set hours to like do other stuff outside of it mm -hmm. and then since you also um stream on Twitch like do you consider that your practice time or do you feel like being on Twitch is which is like you have to put on a persona or some type mm. of character? That's a really good question. Um, I, I actually personally don't stream like super frequently just because I think it's really stressful. Like mm -hmm. I, I, you know, people are always like, oh, like anyone who's like a Twitch streamer, like that's such like an awesome job, but it's hard. And like, yeah, yeah, like the, you know, the top streamers make a ton of money and they like are awesome. And like, but like they have to work, they had to work one really hard to get there. And then two, it's like, so small like such a small percentage of people are actually able to do that like on a daily basis consistently like it is actually so mm -hmm. taxing for your mental health honestly um mm -hmm. and maybe it's a little bit better for bigger creators because like there's so many people that like you don't really mm -hmm. read like every single message whereas like for smaller um, creators it's like uh you know like you don't have as many people going to your chat for example and then so it's like you read everything and like you know, people are always like, oh, you need to have a thick skin if you want to be a creator. But yeah, like, that's true. But people are also just mean at the end of the day, right? And it's like, it can be tough to deal with. So I personally was like, I, I don't like, I'm not as much of a fan of like, dealing with that, or I'm not very mm -hmm. good at dealing with it, I guess, um, relative mm -hmm. to like some other people I know. That being said, like, it's like the majority of people that will watch are, are always like really, really nice. But it, it's just like a little bit stressful, right? It's like, do I want that added stress if I'm not doing this as a career? Like, probably not. You know, I don't want to spend my Saturday and then get, like, a really nasty comment and then, like, have that, like, be on the rest of my mind. Um, but and it's not something that happens frequently. But it's just something to think about, especially for creators in general and especially when you're, like, a smaller creator. Um, but I, I never felt like I had to have, like, a persona. Like, I feel like the nice thing is that it's... I, I feel pretty real with just, like, in the stuff that I do. Um, maybe dial down a little bit more PG, but other than that, um, yeah, I, I feel like it's pretty genuine to who I am. So then what about with YouTube videos? Like, do you go through the comments and read a lot of them or do you yeah. Just have, like, yeah, like how is that different from, I guess, the chat box other than, it, you know, one being live and one being you just can go back to? Yeah, I feel like with Twitch, it's just like hard to ignore because it's like mm. popped up on the yeah. screen. I mean, you, you literally could ignore it, but then I feel like it's like bad practice to like ignore every comment because like part <laughs> of streaming is like the live interaction, right? Yeah. And like interacting with people that come in and into your chat and like want to ask you questions. And I really like that. Like I, I genuinely like have had mainly positive experiences, but 
it's just like the the slight negative experiences the that I've like once yeah, in a while. right right or or so, yeah sometimes people are I don't know just like really mean and it's like I, I think that's that's not just the thing that I deal with right it's like everything and like I think right, the internet right. in general is like in a place right now that's like not super healthy because it's so easy to have mm. anonymity and then just like yeah I don't know like I think it's something that any creator will tell you regardless of how big or small they are that like it's very mentally taxing and that like no matter how much thick skin you have like it still gets to everyone every now and then um mm -hmm. And that's over YouTube. I, it, it, like, once again, I think for most creators, it's like 99.99% of the stuff you'll read is positive. But it's like the negative stuff that really resonates more, right? It's yeah. like one negative comment means like, a yeah, it just like has so much more weight than like a thousand positive comments. And it's so sad that that's the case, but it's just how it is. Because like um, one time I saw a creator, the way he described it is like the reason it has more weight is because it means someone like went out of their way to write something negative, oh, right? And like no. to take effort to do that is like, gosh, like, man. Um mm. So, but yeah, going back to your question, um, I, I like try to check the comments like not every day. I used to do it every day. And especially when I was starting out, I would like do it like mm -hmm. constantly. I'd like be refreshing and like seeing all this <laughs> stuff. Uh, and now it's like, you know, I, I want to like uh, leave likes and respond to questions to people. Uh, and like almost all of it is positive. But occasionally you'll, you'll like, I think the tough thing about YouTube is as well is like often your videos would just get popped in the algorithm. So there'll be people mm. that like have no idea who you are, like just click on your video and then like be like, they don't want to watch that content. And they'll <laughs> let you know they don't want to watch that content either. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, so yeah, it, it is, it's not all positive, that's for sure. But I, I think one thing that's nice is that a lot of creators have been talking about this, especially mm. in like the last two years. And like, it feels a lot less like taboo to like, yeah, talk about like the bad uh, aspect of it. Cause I think people glorify like content creation, especially on like YouTube and Twitch so much because mm. it's mm -hmm. like, it can be so lucrative and it's like at the end of the day you get paid to play video games or do like talk to your chat right that's obviously super super awesome and it is so mm. wild that like it's like actually like can be a very very like high paying you know career path but it is glamorized a lot and at the end of the day it's only like 0.001% of people that can actually make it right so mm. it is still challenging uh and I certainly like would not put myself in that percent like I thought about whether or not I wanted to like ever do this stuff full time. And my answer was at least for now, no. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. I like having it as a hobby, but it's a lot more stressful when you're like more worried about how much you're making, right. And your, your, your day to day. Um, mm -hmm. and I feel like that can ruin some of the, the fun that you can have with it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like since you've done this for a while, like, you know, high school, you're kind of still in your formative years. Do you think that you felt like, even though you weren't sure you wanted to do this, as like your career do you feel like you at least had some guidance and like felt lucky that you had something that you were passionate about um like into your adulthood whereas I feel like a lot of people don't have something that they're passionate about for sure yeah I think I'm so so grateful for it because it like it first of all definitely like really just in itself is awesome because yeah it's like to have something to look forward to and like competition was like really important to me and like have like I was always like pretty competitive as a kid and having an outlet for that naturally was really good um mm -hmm. and like you know being able to like compete at a high level in anything I think was super fun and I think about other games like I started you know I like went to chess club and I my, I was like in did swimming and cross country and track and I sucked at all of those and it was like I knew I would never be good at any either right it's like the amount of time you'd have to invest into those was significantly more than like a niche video game that like not many people competed in. So I was like really lucky to, to have, you know, that where it's like, oh, I can actually like contend for being top level or, you know, uh, best, not number one in the world, but, you know, like at that level. Yeah. Um, and I think like that, that was cool. So I'm grateful for that. And then also I think like speaking about passion, like so much, like I, I think the, like I, I uh, Pokemon was like such a big uh, app 
component to like all my applications for everything I've ever done. So it was like mm-hmm. for for uh, private school and then for college and then for my MBA programs as well. And then for jobs, like I always mention it as well. So like um, I feel like having something that like, you know, I'm super into and like have like had a lot of experience with and like can speak to like I could go all day, obviously talking about it. Um, <laughs> I think it was really helpful, especially for um you're just applying to a lot of different things and like you know my, my grades in high school definitely weren't super good but like I think I was super lucky to even get into CMC because like they were all they like saw the the passion and they're like oh yeah this is great this is exactly what we want so um CMC was honestly super perfect in that regard mm-hmm. that's kind of something that my sister was saying about dental school applications she was mm-hmm. saying that when she was applying to dental schools a lot of them would ask you like what is your hobby? And if you had one that was like very unique and that you're really passionate about, it really stood you out from other candidates. So yeah, for sure. I think like for like Stanford specifically, like I I applied to B school just because I was like really bored during a like (laughs) lockdown. Cause this was like March to May of uh, 2020. (laughs) So I I had taken the GMAT like right before everything shut down. Cause I, I was like, I might as well apply anyway. Um, mm. so I was, it was already in the back of my mind. It wasn't like, I was like, I need to go to business school. I don't like, but it was like, I know that all these programs exist and like, you might as well like go through the process to learn from it. Right. Cause it's like, mm. even if you get rejected, you at least like can get, get good feedback and, and learn like what went mm. right or what went wrong. Um, and I think for like Stanford specifically, like I, I feel like I, in terms of my stats, it's like very mediocre. Like my, my GPA in college was definitely way below like the average, uh, like my GMAT was just on like the, the median. So I was like, you know, like statistically I have no idea but I feel like they've really really valued like like you said like very unique experiences because it's like mm-hmm. at the end of the day they can fill their class with like you know top students from all the top schools that have four 4.0s and like are perfect across the board um but I think mm-hmm. they I guess like are really interested in just like specific unique experiences that like are yeah not not very common um mm-hmm. so I'm like super grateful for that because I was like this is a complete shot in the dark like I had zero expectation um and like even now, I'm still, like, I'm waiting for them to be like, ha it's a joke. Like, uh, you didn't actually get in. Um, but so far, that's not been the case. So you mentioned that this was something kind of, like, in the back of your mind. Like, you took the GMAT, obviously thinking that at some point you would apply mm-hmm. to B-School. Um, but then what? And then, you know, you were, you said you were bored, so you actually did apply during that time. <laughs> but so why did you decide in the first place that this was something that you wanted to pursue? Um, and then what was your decision behind deferring it for two years and what do you hope to do afterwards with your degree? Yeah. Uh, so the way it works is like a few years ago, you know, a lot of these top programs or really any MBA program, um, you know, the, the way you normally get in is you you work for a few years and then you apply after a few years of work experience mm-hmm. and then you go and then like people often use it either as a break from work or like a career reset or pivot, um, right. you know, to break into industries that maybe you, you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, but then a few years ago, like... Um, I think Harvard might have been the first one, but either way, like, yeah, some of these schools started saying, okay, well, we actually want to just accept kids in their senior year. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a small, small component of the class, but we'll open the application to people who like know that they want to like go down that path later down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so in the last, actually like part of the reason why I got motivated to do it was because literally like in the last two to three years and like the year I was applying, like all, almost all the schools like open a, a similar program up. So the mm-hmm. idea is that you uh, you get in senior year and, and you you have to defer it in most cases for at least like two years uh, so um, that you get the work experience because truthfully like it doesn't make very much sense mm-hmm. to get right. that degree without work experience and like yeah I wouldn't go just coming out of undergrad um, mm-hmm. uh, and so like yeah I, I mainly like had found out about it just because I had heard about some of the programs and then I like did my research and I was like oh wow like a lot of the schools I'd be interested in actually have such a program so like mm-hmm. might as well just uh, I, I feel like it's still kind of like 
hidden and like I, I hope that more undergrads like know about it because it's honestly super unique and it's like mm -hmm. even if you like don't get in it's fine like my expectation is to not get in anywhere but to like at least have a GMAT score so that, so I wouldn't have to take it you know in the, in the future and also just get an understanding of what the application process look like and just like understand mm -hmm. like what 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 are the difficulties like where are the things I should improve on when I apply again in the future so I was like mainly thinking about it from like a learning perspective, but I was also like, you know, I feel like the video game stuff is pretty unique. So my odds of getting in now are as good as ever. So might as well just see how it goes. Um, and it, yeah, I'm just super, super lucky to have got it in anywhere, honestly. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, it wasn't something I'd always like set on doing. Uh, it wasn't like I need to go, but at the same time, I was like, I feel like it's just really, really nice to have like the security of it. Um, and especially cause I was like, I don't know if I'll always like want to work in the gaming industry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, let's say I didn't, then yeah, maybe going back to school would be a nice way to like pivot out or, or like reset for a little bit and then like figure out what I want to do afterwards. Mm. So is it for these programs, is it a minimum or a maximum of deferring it for two years? Uh, it ranges from each school. So I think like Stanford specifically, it's like it's two uh, typically, but then you could actually ask for a third or a fourth year as well. Oh, if okay. like, let's say you're just working on something really exciting at work or, you know, uh, creating a startup or something. So Mm -hmm. uh, the average or, or typically it's two but yeah people have deferred for three four and i think like very unique scenarios where maybe it's even longer than that mm -hmm. so are you hoping to start with um this next year's class and join then or yeah i guess it would be like september of uh 2022 oh, okay yeah so mm -hmm. like a little bit less than a year, a year. But that's the plan at least yeah oh. to touch a little bit about your different experiences i mean it seems very obvious that like Pokemon and gaming is very much embedded in your life. And you had the experience being in high school, meeting people there, and then college at CMC and then at Columbia. And now even in LA, like when you're searching for friends or meeting new people, do you find yourself like gravitating toward people that already have some sort of understanding of gaming? Or like, are you friends with people that don't have any understanding and you feel like there's a disconnect? Like, how does that work exactly? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I, I feel like it's like, I don't go out of my way to, you know, make yeah. friends with people who like know about gaming, but it just happens to be the case that like a lot of the circles I'm in are people that like have, you know, some affinity towards it, right? So like, um, you know, I, I, I'd say, I, I guess this is also interesting because like since graduating, like I haven't really met like that many new people very much because of covid as well um mm -hmm. that's true so it's it's definitely like being thrown into like adult life in a in a world in which covid existed definitely has been a little bit odd because i just like don't you know i'm definitely not expanding out of my social circle nearly as much but i'd say out of all the friends i've made like naturally it helps like i made a lot of good friends from pokemon and that helps because we're all just doing this you know we have the same hobby it's like being in the same club in college for example so that was really nice and then like i think a lot of the friends i grew up with like they're not super into Pokemon, but they all played it, like, as a kid at some point, and so that helps as well. Um, and, and I think, like, yeah, I, I'm fine, like, making friends with anyone. Like, it doesn't have, they don't have to be a game or whatnot. Um, <laughs> it just, it helps, right, if you have that to relate to. But, like, for example, I really love music, right? It's, like, even if someone had nothing, uh, had no game experience and, like, doesn't care about gaming at all, like, I could go on and on about music, and it's, like, all you need to do is find something to connect to, right? And so gaming naturally is, like, the easiest avenue, but... Honestly, like when I meet people, like I don't, I don't bring it up unless like they ask or they're curious about it. Cause I, I feel like it's nicer to like naturally have a conversation, see what like both people are interested in rather than be like, Hey, like I love gaming. Like I make YouTube videos, like go check me out. You know, like, <laughs> My name's Aaron. You call me Aaron Cybertron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
So like I know I normally don't bring it up, and I feel like normally it's like a friend that I'm with that will like mention it. I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> so humble. <laughs> it's it's mainly just because I feel like um, I don't know. I I always thought like as a creator, like I want to be the creator that like I want to. Uh, like I want to be a creator that I could see myself watching, right? And I think mm-hmm. that, like, so that 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 was always kind of just like the kind of borderline, like or the line that I'd set for myself. Um, and yeah, I I think it like yeah, it's always funny. Like um, I can even remember in college when like some people were just like so confused about the whole gaming thing, and now <laughs> now it's a little bit more normalized. I truthfully like even like five, even when I was in like high school, you know, like a lot of mm-hmm. kids that. I, um, mm-hmm. I would, you know, play Pokemon with, they'd be like, yeah, I don't tell anyone in high school I play because I don't want to get bullied. And unfortunately, oh, like, no. that that's like a reality. Uh, sure. Like, gaming has become so much more normalized just in the last yeah. couple of years, which is mm-hmm. crazy. And now it's like, I, I think about, like, anime as well and how it's like, yeah, back mm, yeah. in, like, middle school and high school, like, yeah, it was, like, not cool. Uh, but now it's, like, it's become so much more normalized, which makes me really happy, like, for, you know, these things that I love, that my friends love. Um you know, you want to you want to generally like share your love of things with other people, and I feel like it was definitely tougher back in high school. And this is just like speaking from personal experience. Like the kids that I went to school with weren't mean about it, which I'm also grateful for. But I do know that that's something that like a lot of people have dealt with, which is tough. And that's not to say it doesn't exist anymore either, but it does at least like it feels like the culture shifted at least a little bit from like five to five years ago or so. Mm-hmm. So to just wrap up, um, I guess. Just our last question for you, Aaron, is what is the most rewarding thing about being a content creator and just a competitive Pokemon player? I feel like I'd split it into, so for like the content creation side, I think being able to just have a positive impact on people, Mm -hmm. I think generally it would be my answer. Like the fact that when I made these videos, I was like, well, I just want to teach people like how to play the game. And then people are like, yeah, I watch your videos. It's like very therapeutic. Like it helps me sleep or it's just like, it's a nice way to start my day. Like, I'm always like, wow, that's really cool. Like, you know, that wasn't my intention when I started making videos, but the fact that people can get into it or, or like the people, the fact that I can have that impact, I think is, is really, mm. really heartwarming. And then like, also, you know, when I'm at tournaments and people are like, oh yeah, like I started competing or I started playing because I watched your videos. Like that always mm. is like, oh. like the thing that like makes me super happy to hear. Cause like, that was the whole purpose of like when I started making content to like teach people and like educate people. Right. Mm. Um, and so that's really re- rewarding at the end of the day. And it's like just knowing that you can like potentially have a positive impact on people uh, around like really the world, I think is super, super cool. Mm-hmm. And then for competing, I think the most rewarding thing is honestly like having, as someone who like competes and like wants to win, it's like being able to win. Uh, and I think like having an outlet for competition, right? Um, and maybe my answer for that now changes because like I haven't played super seriously in a while. So like if you were to ask me that like today, which I guess you did, my answer would be like <laughs> I get to like, see my friends like I've made some really really good like lifelong friends and tournaments and like the fact mm-hmm. that I can even just see them when we're at these things together is really valuable and especially when I was growing up like I'd literally see these people once a year right because like I can't right. travel to like uh, and like a lot of these are like uh players from like uh, globally right so they're they're mm-hmm. coming from all around the world um and so yeah I think just being able to like ha- make like all these really good friends and I think now it's like oh if I wanted to like travel somewhere odds are no matter where in the world there's probably someone that i've met from pokemon that like lives mm. in that country or, or around that area that i can like you know yeah. guide me or, or even like mm. i can crash with and i think that's such like a unique element um especially for pokemon because it's like a really global game which i think is super cool mm. as well so mm-hmm. yeah the community aspect is really nice and i feel like i was like an older sibling but a lot of the friends that i made were like just a few years older than me when mm. i was growing up and they were like really good like kind of just like sibling figures to me uh Mm. which I was super super grateful for and like I'm still really close with all of them today and like yeah they were just like 
I think it helped me like mature and develop a lot faster than it would have otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we're obviously all like constantly growing, but I, I just think that like they had, they gave me a lot of mentorship for, for someone who is like in, you know, their teenage years. You know what I just remembered is that we have a mutual friend who also <gasps> plays Pokemon. That's I totally right. forgot. He like yeah. messaged me and he was like, do you know Aaron? I was like, yeah, do you? <laughs> and it was like someone that I met from high school because I did orchestra and he did orchestra too. And we like yeah. went to some orchestra um, thing together, like our schools did. And then, yeah, and he knew you from Pokemon. <laughs> it's a small world. It really yeah. is. Thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on our podcast. We really enjoyed talking to you and hearing about your different adulthood path. It's definitely one that's very unique. So thanks for sharing would you mind just sharing a few of your social medias and where people can find you at? Yeah, I think it's Cybertron VGC across all platforms. Uh, <laughs> Great. And just my name on LinkedIn if you'd like to connect. <laughs> <laughs> Love the LinkedIn. We'll add them all in the um, caption below or in the title card. Thank you everyone else for listening. You can follow us at Adulthood Pending Podcast on Instagram and visit our website at adulthoodpending.com. Join us every other Monday for new episodes. We're excited to continue to share our stories and continue adulting with you on this journey. Thanks. Bye. Bye.